my name's Nicole G, the owner of The Lash Box, eyelash vending machines, essentially. We're literally revolutionizing the way beauty products can be accessed. Welcome back to the Black is New Rich podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cash, and this is episode 39. Today, we got a very special guest because, in my opinion, she's very creative, very innovative. And when I seen what she was doing, I'm like, yo, I have to get her on the podcast. But I don't want to take so much of her shine. Can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Firstly, thanks for having me. Um, my name's Nicole G, and I'm the owner of The Lashbox. Um, it's eyelash vending machines, essentially. Yeah. So when I seen your, uh, actually, I'll tell everyone how I how I got to know about your business. So I released a video saying I was gonna shout out different black owned businesses, and I seen your submission. And when I seen that you have a vending machine for uh, lashes, I was like, whoa, this is different. This is super creative. And I'm like, yo, I have to message her and I have to get her on the show because I feel like you have a lot of gems to give. So um, briefly, can you uh, tell uh, tell us about like your lead up? How do you got to that point? For sure. So um, it was during the pandemic, essentially, and I'm a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. So I was unable to do makeup during oh, that yeah. time. And I just thought about, you know, how do I get lashes to my clients? So I started selling lashes online or promoting lashes online. And at the same time, um, my brother, he lives in North Carolina, my younger brother, he just uh, invested in a whole bunch of vending machines, mm. snack vending machines. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and then again, alignment, one of my friends just happened to send me a reel of somebody who had started an eyelash vending machine in the US. Okay. So he sent it to me and I kind of looked at it and I was like, that's that's super dope. Mm -hmm. But I kind of just laughed it off because I'm like, that's something that I probably couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so I just like, you know, it, it passed. Um, but then it just like it kept coming back. Like it was just something about it that resonated with me. And I was like, you know, I really want to get my products to my clients but just you know a wider demographic faster yeah how do i make lashes like that was what i was was selling like how do i how do i make that more accessible mm -hmm. so i was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna look into this further and so i just started doing some research okay so like what type of research did you do when it came to like finding a vending machine down here so I actually didn't find the vending machine down here. So oh. the vending machines are from overseas. Okay. But before I, so I really wanted to see if there was an appetite here for vending machines, mm -hmm. firstly, right? It was a concept that I saw that was moving in the States. Of course, the States is lit. Like yeah. they always have things that, you know, before us um, trending. So I was like, you know, let me see if this is something that would actually um, move here mm -hmm. you know so i contacted a mall that i thought i wanted the vending machine to be in yeah um and i reached out to the leasing manager and she was saying to me that it wasn't the first time that she was actually approached with the concept mm. so she said that somebody had approached her and it was something that they weren't interested in looking at right now because it was a pandemic it was just it was during covid and they had a beauty, a beauty supply store in the mall and they didn't want anything at that time to compete with the beauty supply stores. They just okay. said they said that, you know, it's something that they're not interested in. And I was like, OK. And she said, well, do you have a website? Do you have, you know, how much how much product can the vending machine hold? Mm -hmm. What's the dimensions? Oh, yeah. um, what else did she ask me? What would be the revenue split for the malls? And mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, <laughs> I don't even have any of that. I'm yeah. really just inquiring to see, like, 
would this be something that you'd be interested in? And so she basically just gave me everything that I needed, just everything that I didn't have. I knew right away, this is the things that I needed to get before mm -hmm. I even went to- All those, all that information that she asked you about. Correct. So mm -hmm. she even said like, do you have a presentation? You have to have something to pitch to, um, to the malls or wherever you want this vending machine to be. So mm -hmm. and she also said that, I think that you should consider bigger malls. Cause at that time it was a small mall that I was thinking of, oh, okay. a smaller mall. And so uh, she was like, you, you should probably consider like trying to get into a bigger mall because they're looking to diversify their, their retail mm -hmm. um, just because the pandemic hit so hard and a lot of businesses weren't doing well. They probably want to bring some new traffic to the mall. Ooh. So she was like, you, you probably should consider something like that. And I was like, amazing. Like, okay. thank you so much. You know, you'll talk to me again soon. And she probably was probably like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll hear from her again. But, <laughs> Um, but that just got the wheels turning for me. And I was like, okay, I need to find out where I can get, you know, vending machines from. So mm -hmm. I just started doing some research. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to get into your pockets a little bit <laughs> because I'm very nosy. So ballpark price though, all seriousness, how much are these vending machines going for? Because when I seen them on Instagram, I seen you have like a nice display, like a computer display. Um, I seen that people can like, you know, choose their lashes and it, it'll come down or whatever. So I, I, I felt the presentation was amazing. So how much are you looking at if someone wants to try something like this out? So I would say at least a seven to 10 grand investment, okay. depending on the style of the machine. So mm -hmm. for me, I really wanted to have a touchscreen machine. I, I just wanted to bring something that was the new, best, right? Mm -hmm. um, people hadn't seen before. Like we're we're literally revolutionizing the way beauty products can be accessed. Oh. So I'm just like, this is not going to be, you know, just an average machine. So yeah. I really wanted to make sure that it was something that people would be attracted to. So I guess the touchscreen was what I, that was a way to go for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that if you went with something that didn't have a touchscreen, you probably be maybe six grand okay yeah but your advice if for someone starting up for something like this you would just go hard or go home that's me yeah, <laughs> yeah go hard or go home so yeah okay and when it comes to because what i noticed it was uh the way it was wrapped and everything that came with it too or did you do that down here so that's funny actually so when i like decided that i'm gonna go this route and you know get vending machines i had this whole concept in my head of like what i wanted this vending machine to look like mm -hmm. so i started designing the machine um you know i, I like the design i sent it to the, to the you know the manufacturers and then the machine went into production mm -hmm. but then i started looking at the machine after like the design and i was like I don't think I really like this anymore. Oh, geez. You did know, you I send didn't it in really, already? I did send it in already. So Ugh. the machine was already in production. Mm -hmm. And these things take months, okay. right? So particularly shipping, like to, to actually, the production wasn't, wasn't very long, mm -hmm. but shipping takes forever, especially because it was during COVID. So I literally, you know, looked at the design. I was like, can I see this at, you know, a York deal, for example. Mm -hmm. And I was oh, like, smart. no, I can't. You mm -hmm. know, can I see this at a square one? And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I can't. So I really wanted the machine design to reflect the Upscale. space. Exactly. I wanted it to be classy. I wanted it to say luxury. I wanted it to, you know, just attract, you know, just a diverse group of, of women and, and people interested in lashes. So I totally had to take it back to the drawing board, Jeez. scratch the design, hired a design team, Mm -hmm. and just went through the whole design process all over again. Um, so that was a lesson, an expensive lesson for me, right? Yeah. So the machine, when the machine finally arrived, I had to rewrap it um, oh. with my new design. So it was an experience. <coughs> um, Learning lesson though. 
It's a good huge, one. huge learning lesson. Like definitely, you know, get people around you to vet your, you know, your design concepts and mm -hmm. get feedback, right? Mm -hmm. I was literally like, I like it. I don't really yeah, care who else likes yeah, it, yeah. right? But then when my vision changed, like at first it was like, I, I was pitching to a smaller mall. Mm -hmm. And when my vision my vision changed, I was like, okay, I need to look at, you know, what would really look good in a bigger mall, mm -hmm. you know, a bigger re retailer space. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't that design, True. right? So, so what, what are some of the things that you noticed that you had to enhance your design that your first design didn't have? Um, I didn't think it was very inviting, like the colors, um, the, the shape. So, you know, like there's certain, um, you know, like shapes, for example, that send messages about like just, you know, professionalism or, True. you know, um, just more inviting, more flirty, more, more friendly, more youthful. Mm -hmm. So it was stuff like that, that the concept like did not have. Yeah. Um, it was, it was black, it was all black and it was like gold. Now it's pink. It's pink, right? It's pink. Yeah, yeah it's pink, uh, black and white. And I just felt like those colors were just way more inviting mm -hmm. and um, just playful. But also, you know, it said it said it spoke to me. Um, it said way more luxury to me than, okay. than what I current like my current concept. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, and it's more marketable. It just seemed way more marketable than what I had. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So how did you go about um, looking for your design team and how much roughly are you what's that type of cost look like so i was fortunate enough to have a partner who already ran his own business oh, so sick. he was like definitely don't give him enough credit <laughs> <laughs> he'll be happy to hear that <laughs> so he was just giving me you know like just pointers like where to go what to you know what to leverage okay so i had already invested so much in the machine you don't really have a lot of money to invest into a whole design team yes um so without without saying you know the platforms like there's a lot of platforms that you can leverage um where you can pay you know like less than what you pay for like a local designer for okay. example and they actually are incredibly Legit. talented designers overseas um so platforms that usually utilize like overseas talent okay like fiverr or something like that Something like Fiverr, but not Fiverr. Okay. Yeah. So um, there's different platforms where you can find designers, for example. Okay. That are half the cost that you'd be paying here. Yeah. And like literally like just incredible work, okay. you know? So that's kind of what, in fact, I did a contest. So I entered into a contest. I basically created a brief about what I was looking for. Yeah. And then I got a whole bunch of designers to create oh, that's yeah, a concept for and me. And then I you chose. picked yeah. one. Okay. That's that's sick. Yeah. Okay. Cutting costs. <laughs> so you have two now, right? I have two. Yeah. Did you get them uh, together or did you get one and then you got another one? Yeah. So I got the first one and then maybe... I want to say like three or four months later, I got the second one. Jeez. Yeah. So, oh yeah, for people that don't know, where are your uh, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, where are your so uh, vending our machines? first locations in Pickering Town Center. Yes. And the second location is in Scarborough Town Center. Okay, and the yeah. next one you're looking, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll be in the west. Like uh, we're, we're saturated fair. right now in the east. Yeah. So I wouldn't say saturated. There's definitely like room for more, but mm -hmm. um, I would love to be in somewhere in the west. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about like refilling um, your vending machine. Like how long are you waiting for things to like sell out? Um, how much are you putting in there? And like, what are the like, what is the like the overhead compared to the profit? Is it really like worth it or like, how's that go? 
So I think like with a vending machine, selling eyelashes is a lot different than selling yeah. chips or pop or any something like that, right? So um, refilling is, I visit the machine on a bi-weekly basis. Oh, that's good. But I'm not necessarily refilling on a bi-weekly basis. Okay. So what I'm finding is it's a machine that holds about 500 lashes. I have about 30 styles of lashes in the vending oh, machine, right? Oh, so it's, it's like a lash overload, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll find that people are drawn to specific styles. And mm -hmm. so those were the styles that I'd be refilling a little bit more than others. So it's not, a, if I'm refilling, it's not a complete refill, obviously. True. It's just based on what's like selling right up. now, right? Um, and I think it's, it's definitely like a learning curve like you're learning your audience right and you're True. also building trust because my brand is very new yeah and i think the concept is very new mm -hmm. right and typically when you see a vending machine you don't think of spending 20 bucks at a, a vending machine yeah. for example right yeah. like traditionally you're gonna spend you know five, five bucks max. the most yeah. right so you're introducing this concept of like selling something that's non-traditional and then you're also pricing it a little bit higher mm -hmm. Right. So I think that in and of itself can kind of either, you know, it kind of can detract sometimes from the immediate sales. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that we've been building steadily versus like it hit, which I thought would be a complete plug and play. Like yeah. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> I'm going to plug this in and that's it. Right. Yeah. But no, it definitely has been um, just observing like what people are buying and mm -hmm. making changes. Even now, like there's some changes that I'm, you know, I'm looking at making um because it's a new concept yeah. right like a lot of people are still getting familiar with this idea that oh there's nobody here i'm just gonna tap this and i'm gonna get this this product out and i'm gonna like it yeah you know you've never tried this product before yeah. you've tried lashes but you haven't tried lashes from the lash box so interesting yeah. so have you taken any products out completely yet um not yet but i'm i'm going to i think that i'm seeing that certain styles for example sell more in certain areas mm -hmm. so pickering obviously has a very different de demographic oh, yeah than, it's a demographic say, matters too yeah than scarborough town center mm -hmm. um so definitely like seeing what is you know what's moving really well in in one place versus okay this is not you know this is not moving at all or so mm -hmm. seeing what people are people like is is definitely something that I'm noticing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know you touched on it uh, briefly before, but I want to kind of talk about like getting in the mall, the the steps that got you into like what was the first one? The Pickering Town Center was Pickering the first Town one. Center, yeah. So what was the the first steps that you got uh, that got you in the mall and made that deal happen? So um, I'm just gonna backtrack for a sec because. A lot of people who pro who own vending machines will say to you, you definitely need to secure your locations before you purchase your machine. Mm -hmm. So I did the exact opposite. Oh, wow. I didn't have any locations secured yeah. when I purchased the vending machines. I was so, um, so like I believe so much in the concept. You're determined. I said that I'm definitely going to find like a, a place, a mall for this, this vending machine. And so I created a list of like my top 10. Like mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is, exactly where i wanted to be and i just went down the list um so i just started cold calling like i just looked for all of the leasing managers that i could find mm -hmm. and um i just started calling and just basically saying like hey is this a concept that you'd be open to um and most of the people that i spoke to were very positive they were like yeah absolutely it just happened to be female <laughs> um, 
but yeah, very positive feedback. Like everybody was super receptive to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, what becomes problematic about having a vending machine in a mall though, is that for one, there's not many. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this, and, and I did get a, a few no's, you know, when I was like reaching out. In fact, I got one no from a, from a man, uh-huh. right? I'm not trying to say anything, <laughs> just interesting. Um, and so he was saying that, you know, historically they don't find uh, vending machines to be profitable. Interesting. Right. So it's not something that they want in their retail space. Mm -hmm. And basically he was like, unless you can prove that, you know, your vending machine is is going to be profitable. Like Mm -hmm. we kind of don't want to want it right now. I'm not saying no, but I'm saying like not right now. So we want to see like some analytics first. Correct. So I was like, okay, no problem. Um, So when we got into our first location, I was like, okay, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It took us five months to get there though, right? Like, so it wasn't a situation where it was like, oh, immediately when they said yes, Mm -hmm. we moved in. Mm -hmm. The next step is finding a location for this vending machine in in the the mall, mall, right? Because- You get get to pick that or they kind of- So that's the thing. So you think that most people will come to me and say, oh, you should put it here or you should put it there. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is that you can't choose where it goes. The mall chooses where it goes and stores have a lot of, especially like big retail stores have a lot of say in terms of like what is in front of their stores. Oh, true. So you can't put just anything in front of a store. Mm-hmm. Um, there's contracts in place where, you know. It's like zoning um, in the mall. 100%. Yeah, okay. exactly. So I would love, like I spotted like 100 places and I'm like, oh, I'd love to put the machine there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's really where they where they say that you can put the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we found a location. Um, the location in Pickering wasn't necessarily a high traffic area, mm-hmm. but it was also my first location. So I was like, you know, I want to, I also want to pilot this mm-hmm. and see like how it goes. Yeah. So I wasn't really too, you know, disappointed where it was, but also the machine requires like, because I went for um, a machine that has that touchscreen functionality, mm-hmm. I need Wi-Fi, I need internet too, oh, right? True. So I need to find a place where I can run a data line. And mm-hmm. so that also limits where you can actually go. Uh-huh. So, I mean, for someone who's looking at investing in a machine, you really want to look at that, right? Like, will you have that accessible to you? Yeah. If you don't, then you may want to think about maybe getting a different style of machine, mm. right? So, based on everything that I needed, like my requirements, like I couldn't, there wasn't a lot of places that I could actually go. Yeah. Did they give you like, uh, let's say like three or four spots and be like, oh, you can go here or you can go here, you can go so, here? So, some places did. Um like when I was actually going through like the like different malls that said yes. Um, but my experience was no, like they literally will have one place. Oh, geez. Yeah. And they'll say like, this is kind of where, where it's going to be, <laughs> you know? So um, for Pickering, I've actually moved and we're going to be moving again. So that's another In the thing. Mall. Yeah. Okay. So you don't really have control over like the things that are happening either. So mm-hmm. the mall kids just say like, hey, we need to move, yeah. right? We need yeah. to move you or... And stuff like that so you have to be open to that as well mm-hmm. um which which you know i am right like i'm happy to be there so i'm not really but ideally you want to be in a high traffic mm-hmm. like area where there's like you know just organic foot traffic is kind of what you want okay yeah so uh, my next question is like when it comes to like do you pay um uh, like a monthly fee to the mall or do they take a percentage of your sales how does that work so each mall is is pretty different and they'll they'll like create a contract based on you what know what think? their needs are yeah some places will say a revenue split based mm-hmm. on what you're making and some places will 
um, actually want you to pay some type of rent. Yeah. And it really depends on the type of mall it is, right? Like, yeah. I feel like the bigger malls definitely rent. the stakes are higher. Yeah. So, it, yeah. But no, not necessarily. Like, some, some malls are just like, you can just pay a commission off because they really don't know how much you're going to make. Mm hmm. And because I'm still new, I don't know how much yeah, I'm going to make. No real data right? there, so yeah. you can't really say the expectation is that you you pay us a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. What if that's you know? What if I don't make a thousand dollars for that first month? Right? True, true, so, true. Yeah. Are are you pricing different depending on the demographic of where the mall is? How does that work? No, so I'm not I'm not pricing differently. I all the prices remain the same. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't think that was fair. Like if I go to a Yorkdale, is it gonna, are the price is gonna be higher than yeah, Discover yeah, Town Center? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it shouldn't for the yeah. same shirt in Zara, right? Yeah. So I didn't wanna do that. So the prices are the same, but I think just looking at different pricing points, mm -hmm. I think uh, I wanted to make it easy. So I, I kept all the lashes at one price, but I realized that people want different price points too, right? Like you wanna be able to purchase something maybe a little cheaper, cheaper, for mm -hmm. example. Um, so looking at that as an option. So you'll have well. like that style in there for them to do. Yeah. So essentially having like faux mink lashes versus mink lashes or <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So just having like different varieties, giving people options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Price point options I think is important. So I'm seeing that as well, which things that you don't think about, right? Like you literally think that you're going to stock this machine and it's going to sell based on, but you realize that this is a storefront, mm -hmm. right? Like this is actually like a storefront. So you really want to be able to offer people different things and at different pricing too. Okay. Yeah. What's the most surprising information that you've uh, received so far? You learned so far? Um, Like the whole process has been like, Whoa. <laughs> just not what I expected. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is that we don't think that you know, bringing like machines or electronics is uh, regulated here. Mm -hmm. And it actually is. What, what, what do you mean by that? Meaning that you can't just come, you can't just buy something from overseas mm -hmm. and just plug it in oh, okay. here. Okay. Like we have um, electrical authorities um, like that regulate. Contracts? No, but they regulate, you know, um, just your electronics, your machines, just to make sure that they meet our standards, our electrical standards, oh, okay. right? So for example, if the voltage is different, like mm. you can't plug that into a mall, there's huge liability exposures there, right? If someone gets shocked or oh, electrocuted shoot. and I'm stuff like that. I'm thinking about all that. Right, so, and nobody tells you that, right? Like yeah. no one will say to you, hey, you can't bring this across the border because the voltage is off. The voltage is off. You'll find that out when you've already like, you're already in play. Yeah. And you realize like, oh my gosh, the inspector just arrived, which happened to me. The inspector just arrived and, you know, is looking for your certification and, and they don't find it type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So that was probably the biggest eye opener is that I knew when I said to myself, like, how come no one's done this before? Mm -hmm. I thought there was some, there had to have been some red tape, right? Because yeah, everybody, yeah. like, everybody's seen that. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the concept, not everybody, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there, there, there are people that have seen the concept and clearly have been interested, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how come no one has ever done it yet? Like, why is this, why am I the first one to introduce this to, to Toronto kind of thing? And so I was thinking to myself, yeah, there must be some red tape. And I was kind of waiting for something to happen. And that was like, that. to stop me, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, like, I mean, that that could be it, or it could just be like people just like 
maybe having trouble bringing machines here or or what there could be so many different challenges at different points but definitely like that was probably the biggest Jeez. the biggest um hurdle for me did your first machine pass the voltage test or did you have to do some so i definitely had to bring the machine up to standard like both of my machines really yeah and how, how do you even do that how do you go about all that you have to get an electrician <sighs> and like an inspector yeah it's a lot it's a lot of money too right like things yeah. that so things that you didn't expect to to be investing in mm -hmm. or paying for yeah you end up having all these like hidden costs right yeah. like with any business you're going to run into these situations sure. where you're going to have to like things are going to happen right and you're going to have to foot the cost but definitely something that i wasn't expecting and even the malls weren't like weren't asking for that like usually they'll ask for specific things like yeah. your insurance and like but oh, yeah, just having too. yeah just having you know that certification it wasn't something that they were asking so i didn't really think it was something that i needed okay wow yeah but okay yeah. so your initial cost for one uh machine is around ballpark 7 to 10k plus you need a graphic designer which is back in range like i'm not sure how much but so like roughly with all the expenses tied to like your first machine um with the unexpected expenses how much are we looking at around ballpark um it was a lot it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot i won't put a number to it but it's definitely a lot but i want to say like some of it is a one-time cost like the okay. money that you're putting what's the one-time cost things so the one-time cost would be like your your design for example your okay. all this the design costs and all the things that you're unless you plan on rebranding re at some point true like all those costs are one-time costs like okay you're not gonna have to pay for that again usually um what else i think that's pretty much it okay. um everything else like and maybe like once you bring your machines up to you know up to speed whatever you won't have to do that again mm -hmm. Uh, but everything else is, yeah. Okay, okay. So let's talk about like um, machine maintenance. How do you go about that? And are you there yet where you're maintaining it, maintaining it if something happens? So it was interesting that you really have to start building like your key stakeholders like really early so that what when that things mean, happen. So having people that, you know, your, your team of people that, for example, a person that can service your machine. Okay. For maintenance. Okay an on, electrician if something happens to the mystery yeah like on call but like at least available like you have someone to contact yeah um you know like having your insurance obviously a team like yeah. having people that you know can make sure that you you have the right coverage to be in the malls type of mm -hmm. thing so you start assembling like you know your team your design team like you have a whole bunch of people that you're utilizing now right for different things for different things and so it just so happened that when my first machine came, like I was having an issue with it turning on. And so I immediately had to start looking for like um, an electrician, not an electrician, but someone who actually Check. serviced the machines. Right. Yeah. And so I happened to find this person and, and he figured it out. And I was like, perfect. I added him to my directory. Oh, so I'm sick. like, this is someone that I might need down the road for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you slowly start just just accumulating like a whole bunch of like different people um that you realize that you need now to operate your business in the event that something happens you can call them so luckily i haven't had any situations where i've had to have like a maintenance call most of the things that i've i've had 
um, it's between me and the manufacturer and I literally will just reach out to them and we'll, we're, we're able to like solve it on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely having people like readily available that you can call to like to help you fix the machine because the, the worst thing is having a machine that's down, right? Yeah. Like Jeez. you don't want to have like your machine off for yeah. example yeah in yeah. the mall right so Gee, yeah that'll be that'll be a hit to your business right that's not a good look right and the mall is going to be like what's happening <laughs> yeah, like, yeah why is your machine off you yeah. know what i'm saying so yeah you really want to make sure that whatever happens you can get it resolved like super quick okay yeah. okay so what are you doing right now when it comes to marketing so marketing right now is is really pretty simple. Like initially I started off and I said, you know, I'm going to rely on really organic foot traffic because in my head I was going to be in these high traffic spaces oh, in the mall. True. Right. True. Um, but I'm starting to see that that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're focusing on social media, but as we lean into 2023, we're going to move into more Facebook ads oh, and yes, Facebook yes. groups as well. Yeah. Um, SEO, like getting our, our website, like making sure that it actually gets listed in the right way. So yeah. attract the right you know, the right people to our, our page and stuff like that. Um, so just way more. I feel like we're still taking baby steps. Yeah. In fact, because it's, it's really just me. Yeah. Like it's Doing a everything. one woman show right <laughs> now. Yeah. So um, and I'm still working full time. You and know, doing this and and doing this. And I also am a makeup artist, as I mentioned, yeah. right? which is not my full time. So yeah. just really like a lot of hats and, and trying to manage everything is sometimes oh, super overwhelming. Yeah. So but now that I feel that things are starting to is it's more stable, mm-hmm. I can focus on our marketing efforts a lot more. Um, another thing that I learned is just like, slow down, Yeah, you know, like initially I was like, I want to have a machine in every single mall in the city yeah. and I want to do it ASAP. Yeah. And then I realized that you, you really want to build a strong foundation, True. right? You really want to make sure that what you're, what you have out there is sustainable. Mm-hmm. There's no point in having five machines if two of them are not working or, yeah. you know, you're having issues with one location. It's not generating enough revenue. Mm-hmm. Why would you have six? Right. Mm-hmm. So I really start to scale back and think about, okay, I really need to do this properly. Like I really want to build um, a strong foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before I start to expand. So that's what I started to focus on. I just kind of pulled the reins back in and I was like, listen, really look at revenue growth, revenue generation before I start expanding yeah. to like different different places. Yeah. So even though you kind of touched on it a little bit and that you're not going to go that route just yet, how would you look to expand in the future? Like, would you look to have like partnerships or like where people can, um, I guess, lease these machines from you? Like, have you ever thought about that? So I thought about that um, like down the road. Yeah. I haven't like it's not something that I'm like looking at right now, yeah. but definitely I've had people reach out to me and ask if they can buy the machines and stuff like that and pay you a cost or something. Right. And so, of course, like I feel like we've created a really and I say we I, I'm so used to saying we, but it's really like I've created a great blueprint, like I'm building a blueprint, right? Yeah. Um, which I think down the road is something that definitely can be duplicated if needed. Yeah. But for right now, um, in terms of expansion, it's really just brand exposure, like building our brand. So right now, outside of the vending machines, we also have our products in a retail store. So Shop mm-hmm. 20 Inc. carries our, okay, um, our lashes, right? And so for me, that's also a really great way to get people familiar with your brand without investing in another machine right away. Mm-hmm. So one of our goals is to get into 
some more stores to just get our product out there so that when people actually walk through a mall and they see the lash box, like, oh. it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. So-and-so had that in their store. So really it's like building that brand recognition and more exposure for the brand before we start looking at like scaling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So what are some challenges that you're maybe going through like right now with the, the, the vending machines? So I think one of the, so a recent challenge is for example, like location of the machine. Oh yeah. Um, so for, for example, with one location we're moving. So mm -hmm. this is like our second time moving. So every time that we've moved, we've lost traction oh, and it's almost it like again. we have to build it up again yeah. and people get used to seeing us in a certain place. Right. Yeah. And suddenly they're going to come to buy their lashes and we're not there. Yeah. So that's a little bit challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you really, you really want to create this brand loyalty and get people to come back. You want to have that, that retention. And if we're gone or we're not in that same place and how are they supposed to find us? Yeah. And we're really like, it's, we're at the mercy of like the, malls right like they're the ones that are kind of determining where you're going to be mm -hmm. so i think that's a that's a big challenge um for our scarborough town center location we have a touch screen machine mm -hmm. so not just a small like little that's screen big. but a big yeah. touch screen machine and with this machine you can't see the product oh so, it's, you can't see it like through uh, the glass yeah screen. so there's no glass you're literally oh. just like looking at this digital screen and you're yeah. choosing the slash selection that you want right? yeah and that's different, yeah. right? A lot of people, when they look at a vending machine, they see the product, the product, you know, oh, yeah. I look, I, I think I like this one and the product yeah. drops and they pick it up, right? So that's kind of a new thing as well that we're, t I'm testing out at that, at that location. Yeah. It's how do people feel about just Not buying seeing. something that they're seeing a picture of, an yeah. image of, right? So, you know, and I can't say that the sales could be slower because of that yeah. because we're so it's so early so that it's so hard to determine yeah so i think that's it too like just being so young and, and so new in this space yeah um and really trying to like pivot as quickly as you can when you notice like okay this might be something that's impacting our sales what can we do to change that mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i think that's the biggest Those challenge are right probably now. the challenges right now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what was the thought process on getting a machine without this screen? Cause that's super interesting to me. Um, to me, it was so futuristic. Oh. Like I feel like vending machines are the future. Like mm -hmm. if you go to, um, the airport, for example, you already see, they have like a source vending machine. They yeah. have like a make event or I don't know if it's, um, not at Pearson, but there is airports that have like a Sephora vending machine, for example. Oh, wow. So, you know, vending machine, there's there's a cake vending machine, cake boss vending machine. Yeah, the that's pizza in, vending machine I've seen. Right. So mm -hmm. there's like vending machines are really like the way of the future. I feel like this is the way that people are going to start purchasing, you yeah. know, maybe not everything, but definitely things that they wouldn't typically have purchased before. Right. Yeah. And so for me, it was like I just loved like this huge screen. I felt like I could even run ads on the screen if I wanted oh, to. Yeah. Like paid ads from other companies? Paid ads. Ooh, like smart. So I thought that was, I can't credit that as my own idea. <laughs> okay. as my partner's idea. Okay, but, shout out to him. Um, yeah, like, you know, just ways that it just, it just was, seems just way more interesting. Like yeah. it just seems so much uh, more dope to me than just the average machine. I thought it would attract a lot more people. Um, and it just looked good. Like yeah. it was just something that was so different that I was like, yeah, this is it. 
didn't know how it would do yeah. and um, still learning about it and if people actually like that. But I think that the concept is something that no, we're start gonna, we're going to see that way more now than than before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what type of feedback or positive feedback are you getting right now? So um, a lot of people are saying that they love like just the idea of like being able to purchase their lashes from a vending machine, for quick. example. It's quick. Um, the variety, you know, mm. and that was another reason why I was I wanted to like get something that had an ability to offer people more selection, right? Because I found as a makeup artist, right? Store. Okay. As a makeup artist, I felt like what I was able to find in stores was so limited. Oh, you know, sometimes you want to get longer lashes or you want your lashes to be a little bit more fluffy or yeah. you want them to be a little bit more natural. And right now, it's only the beauty supply stores or Sephora mm -hmm. um, or shoppers where you're really getting your lashes from. Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like it would be nice to have one place where you can get a whole bunch of different styles of lashes, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was it for me. I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do this and let's offer people more and add a at a convenience right like you don't have to wait in line you don't have to you know you literally just can go and so i think that a lot of people are receptive to receptive to that but also because it's new right like it's yeah. something they've never seen before yeah. so a lot of people are like oh this is such a dope concept yeah um yeah so i i think that we're running off of like novelty as well like people okay. just love the idea of being able to like get your lash get lashes from a better yeah. machine yeah because when i see it i'm like i don't ever wear lashes <laughs> but when I said, I was like, no, this is different. This is going places. So for sure, I feel like that, you know, that shock, that shock factor is super uh, interesting. So do you uh, like this is something I would do if I had uh, like, you know, like a business like yours. Like, do you ever just go buy your vending machine and just watch people? yeah no i would do something like that just to see their their behaviors and stuff like that and their reactions and stuff yeah like 100 percent. so i wish i could actually do more but yeah. unfortunately i have to be at work <laughs> yeah but sometimes like for example like when i'm looking at reporting so that's something that we didn't touch on but um being able to see like i have an interface where i can see all my transactions Amazing. all my like the sales history mm -hmm. um from my phone so you know, I'll oftentimes see transactions that weren't completed, for example, like incomplete transactions. And I'm just oh, like, like, oh, they, man, like, okay. yeah, I want to know what happened, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be able to see what happened. So um, there are times when I've just gone to the machine and just like kind of just hung around yeah. and just observed like, you know, what people were doing when they got to the machine. True. When I first got to Pickering, I was seeing a lot of, like I said, incomplete transactions. So I wanted to know why. And so I was realizing that there was something about the way people were tapping their card. Like they seemed to be tapping their card and taking it away too quickly. And so oh, transactions were going through. Yeah. Um, so, so they would see decline on it or something like that? or just So it just would like say transaction canceled. Oh, and right? then they And then off. they would just be like, okay. And then they just like, yeah, they oh, move on, right? Okay. So I had to put up a little like how to, you know, just to make sure that people were holding their card long enough for the transaction to go through. Yeah. Um. So it was stuff like that where I was kind of learning about like the behaviors, like yes. when people were approaching the machine. But then I also would hear people, you know, like commenting, like yeah. I hear people saying, oh, you know, um, for example, one person was like, oh, I, that must have been like a, a college student that came up with this idea. Like, you know, had to have been a college student, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, smart, smart person, whoever yeah. they are kind of thing. And I would just kind of stand there and 
you know, um, or someone would come up and be like, oh, have you tried these lashes before? Yeah. I'm like, 100%. Yeah. Best lashes in town, you yeah. know? So, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But sometimes I'll hear people say, oh my gosh, $20 for lashes, you know? Mm. Like, I'm going to go to the hair store or something like that. So I take that feedback away as well, right? Because it's like, I understand and I appreciate the fact that you're just seeing this this brand pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you want to spend $20 yeah. on a pair of lashes, right? And so, but what I do say is try them. So like when I'm there, I'll often like hand out lashes to people. For like as a free sample? For free, yeah, for sure. Because I want people to try our product. You know, like I know that once you try the lashes, you'll love them, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the feedback that I've gotten. Like everybody loves the lashes. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how do I get these into your hands, right? So whenever I'm there, like I'll definitely like give people lashes and like, especially like younger, I find like the younger, crowd like high school students often are always like oh you know the price yeah so i'm just like here you know like try some let me know how it is tag us you know and let us know like you know if you like them type of thing and and Mm. i take that feedback away okay so that uh sparks a next question for me but do you do a pop-up shop still or or did you ever do them or how does that work so i didn't i didn't do i literally went from pandemic (laughs) (laughs) go big or go home like i literally went from you know getting this having this idea of like selling lashes online to just boom yeah vending machines um so no pop-up shops not something that i'm not opposed to definitely interested in doing it it's just a matter of you know um do i have the time right now oh yeah so it's really ju- yeah, and everything. you really yeah, just yeah. want to you know not spread yourself too thin mm-hmm. and you really want to go where you're gonna get the biggest return on your investments type of thing true so definitely have you know some partnerships in mind for like you know 2023 like carabana and like places oh, yeah. where you'll really have like that audience mm-hmm. um but i haven't done like any of like the smaller pop-up uh mm. pop pop-up shops yet okay yeah. interesting interesting okay so I asked these last two questions. I asked them to every guest. And uh, the first one is, uh, what is your best advice that you've gotten? And what's the worst advice that you've gotten? And you don't have to say any names. Um, the best advice I've gotten was uh, just to keep your word. Mm. Like, and it's really, it steps, it kind of steps outside of business, but then it doesn't, right? Like when you say you're going to do something, do it. Cause that's your, that's your integrity. Like that's, you have everything riding on that. Right. And so the way that people see you, the way that they take you or your business seriously is based on what you say you're going to do. Um, but I'm also the type of person that I don't talk a lot. Like Mm. I really don't say much, but I'm always working. Mm -hmm. And so when that time comes where I'm ready to show everyone what I'm working on, I know that it's something that I've put like everything into and I'm really proud of it at that point. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it was really, I think one of, that was probably one of the best things that someone said to me was, you know, just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. If you give someone your word, do Be it. Be a doer. Yeah, do it. Okay, lit. So on this show, we like to make predictions. So in five years, I'm like, yo, Nicole did say she was going to do that. Where do you see yourself and your business in five years? So I definitely want to have the lash box in some big box stores. Mm -hmm. So I see the lash box in Sephora. I see the lash box in shoppers. Um, And I also see more vending machines. Okay. So I want to have a vending machine at the airport, for example. Mm. Um, So just expanding. I don't necessarily know if I want to be across Canada yet. 
Yeah. Um, but definitely having a few more vending machines under our belt, but most importantly, just being in, in the bigger box stores for sure. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I'll definitely be looking out for those lashes <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, because uh, honestly, the idea, it really, um, inspired me because I just seen the creativity and I was like, that's going places Thank for you. sure. So Thank I'm you. really excited to see your journey, but, uh, before you go, just let everyone know, um, how they can contact you. For sure. So you can follow us at CB Lashbox on Instagram. Um, you can check out our website at www.cblashbox.com. Um, yeah, that's pretty. We're not on the two Facebook. Malls? Oh, yes. How can I forget? You can find us at Scarborough Town Center um, Entrance 7 and nice. also uh, Pickering Town Center. Right now we are beside Aldo. But we will be moving soon. So stay tuned for that new location. Okay, dope. Um, I just want to say thank you for coming on. I know you were super like tired and busy <laughs> from the trip and everything. So I, I appreciate it. Um, I felt like you gave a lot of gems here. And actually, before you leave, have you ever thought about, and I know you don't want to spread yourself too thin, but I'm just going to plant the seed. Sure. Have you ever thought about um, teaching others like in a course or something like that to uh, uh, get their own started? hundred percent. So definitely something that I thought about. I think that a lot of people don't know the undertaking that uh, they're getting into when they, they think about a vending machine. And mm -hmm. so there's so much to it. And I really have been thinking about putting together some type of course to kind of help people, guide people along. Yes. Um, just even just consult, right? Like you yeah. just really want to have someone to bounce stuff off of like when things go wrong or how do you talk? How do you approach a leasing manager, for example, or mm -hmm. approach a mall or a location mm -hmm. to kind of get your vending machine there or open to the concept. Like there's so much, you know, how do you create your presentation? Like there's so much. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely have thought about it and yeah, hopefully I, yeah. I can okay. actually, yeah. Cause I could see that taking off because with courses and especially with online today, like you create it, what's evergreen, you create it once you sell it forever. That's right. Just, yeah. And then you just make tweaks, right? That's so right. I definitely can see you in the teaching space. And uh, because this is an idea that a lot of people, if they listen to it, um, they'll be like, oh, you know what? I want my own. Yeah. Okay. No. And I, I would love it. Like I'm not, I, I don't, I don't really care who else comes with another vending machine, you know, let's mm -hmm. sells lashes. I think really it's about innovation. It's exactly. Right. And it's about like just revolutionizing, revolutionizing the way that we access products, right? Yes. Like. We don't have to wait for that store. You know, we can create our own storefront just based mm -hmm. on just having our own machines, right? And then you have your generating income without even being there, exactly. right? Like I'm on, on vacation yeah. and I'm checking my sales, yeah. right? And how much sales are coming in. So like, that's what we should be aspiring to. Yeah. So I'm always open to like helping people, you know, get there mm -hmm. for sure okay dope so nicole thank you for <laughs> submitting your information because honestly if you didn't submit that information i wouldn't have i i, don't, I probably wouldn't have came across or crossed paths yet so thank you for that thank uh, you for being interested yeah no worries <laughs> not uh, a lot of men like <laughs> see the concept and are like yo this is amazing I, i'm not gonna lie like a lot of guys have definitely been receptive to it yeah but the fact that you invited me on your platform to talk about it is is amazing. So thank uh, no you. No problem. It's it's going places. That's for sure. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, that's episode thirty nine. Till next time. See you next time. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you.